Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. So Boston had the goal disallowed, and then not long after, Barkoff scores for the Panthers. It's 3-2 Florida with eight and a half left in the second period. Panthers trying to force game seven. The Islanders trying to force game seven. They're up one nothing on the Hurricanes. Three and a half minutes into the third period. The Wild and Stars start uh, in a little over half an hour. Dallas is up 3-2 in that series. And in a little over an hour, Seattle home to Colorado. The Kraken trying to finish off the Avalanche. All thoughts. I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. Where does the disgust come from? Pardon me? Where does the disgust come from? No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we. So as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. Feels like you've been holding these feelings on for a bit. Is it just yep. out of tonight's game or finally wanted to release that? It's, it started with, back in January and February. What is it about this team's leadership core that or the top end players? We've talked about. We got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. It's got to be pride. You got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players are so much better than ours tonight. They deserve to win. They were the better team in the regular season. They were the better team in this series. Anything else? Good. Thanks. Okay, so that is Winnipeg Jets head coach Rick Bonus after his team was eliminated by the Vegas Golden Knights as we welcome CGOB's Kelly Moore to the show. Oh, my. Uh, disappointed. No pushback. On and on from there. As a guy who's covered the Jets all season long, what were you thinking when you heard that post game? Wow, and you should also add disgusted in there too, Reader. Uh, yeah. You know, I had Trevor Kidd, the former National Hockey League goaltender, working on analysis uh, with us last night on the pre and the post game show. He was absolutely speechless. Like Trevor said uh, that in all of his years of hockey, he had never heard a coach uh, lay it on the line like Rick Bonus did last night. And it, quite frankly, Reed, it was refreshing. Uh, if anybody who watched the game, I don't expect that uh, too many Oilers fans would have uh, uh, sat up late and, and watched that hockey game, especially the way that it started and then continued for the first 40 minutes. I've tried to come up with all the adjectives today, whether it's apathetic, whether it's soulless, whether it's lay down the muskets, whether it's curl up in the fetal position, uh, however you want to describe it, they all apply to how Winnipeg played. So, while I guess to go back to your question, it was initially shocked because, I mean, it was over in 57 seconds. And it was clear when he sat down, he wanted no part of speaking to the media after a game like that, but thought, okay, if I'm going to ask questions, I am going to unload. And boy, did he ever. So it was over quickly. And we kind of went, okay. But then once you catch your breath, and you go back to some of the things that we were addressing in the first and second intermissions, it all made total sense. I read, I don't know that there has been a more disappointing performance by a, at least a 2.0 version of the Winnipeg Jets Hockey Club in a game where they had to win. Oh, man. Okay. Well, and here's another thing I'll throw at you. And look, we, we got to be careful because then a lot of times if if people in our positions 
say this or fans say this, the coach or the organization will come back and say, oh, no, he didn't actually say that. He never used that word. But to me, he's kind of <laughs> saying he's kind of saying they gave up. Is that yeah. too harsh? Uh, fold the tents. Uh, absolutely. And I, and I, that's the terminology I used. And I said, that's not what Rick Bonas said, uh, but it certainly is what he meant. Uh, and, uh, and, and they did read, uh, you know, anybody watching that hockey game with any kind of objectivity, uh, would say, are you kidding me? This is how the Winnipeg Jets reacted to a backs against the wall moment. They give up a goal 50 seconds into the hockey game that they had to win on a on what should be a routine play. You know, the def- especially with the the uh, speed and the precision of the Vegas forecheck and and if the Oilers get past Los Angeles, you know what you're in for, reader. Uh, so I'm not talking out of my hat here. You know, if the puck movement by the the blue liners in their own own and rather has to be quick. And it has to be decisive. So, you know, you, for for Brendan Dillon, it, it goes down as a giveaway. But, I mean, you play the puck up the wall. You're depending on your teammate to be in proper position. And this wasn't the first time uh, that a play like that happened to the Winnipeg Jets this season, nor with the individual involved, Kyle Connor, who's a great goal scorer, but he's never going to be confused for a Selkie Award winner. And so, uh, you know, that started the house of cards. 50 seconds into the game, you are not in the proper position in your own zone. And, of course, Vegas quickly turns that into a goal. That's not on Connor Hellebuck. You know, he has to he has to front the puck handler, Mark Stone, who's also a pretty good goal scorer in his own right, but is a far better 200-foot player uh, than most of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and, and so nobody picks up Chandler Stevenson coming down the left, uh, left side. It's a backdoor goal. And almost the same thing happens to start the second period. 42 seconds in, puck up the left side wall. This time it's Pierre-Luc Dubois who loses the battle with Alex Petrangelo who just kind of bumps it back uh, towards Mark Stone. He has enough time, Reed, to glove that puck down out of midair. And yeah, maybe he did close his hand on it and make a hand pass to himself, but uh, the play continued on. And he's he, he just lasers one over the glove hand of Connor Hellebuck. Everybody's blaming Hellebuck for the 344 goals against average, the 886 saves percentage. But how was he supposed to shot stop either one of those shots? So, you know, that's and, – and, and then it just kind of fell apart from there. Once they were down 2 nothing, you know, the uh, – it, it was kind of interesting. Before game four uh, – or fa- before game five, rather, Bruce uh, Cassidy, the head coach of the Golden Knights, was asked about removing a team spirit. He said it's a little too early for that. But he said, you know, you start with winning the two games in their rink. Uh, well, I think we got our answer uh, in last night's game, the Jets' spirit. Uh, had been removed, and uh, uh, the evidence was uh, how they reacted to the start of each of those two periods. Kelly Moore from CGOB joining us, talking about the Jets being eliminated by the Golden Knights. So I hear Bonus say that, and he didn't just reference last night's game. He referenced parts earlier in the season, too. And I think to myself, how can this coach be back with this group of players? I know there's 
expiring contracts in the next year or two for some very prominent members of the Winnipeg Jets. I know it's a little unfair to throw this at you less than 24 hours after the elimination, but what, what changes this summer? Is this an overhaul of players? Is this, yes. sorry, Rick, you think it's time the core changes? No, what, what Rick Bonus said, Reed, had to be said. And, you know, he has, uh, he's taken this team to task publicly several times this season after a loss in Carolina where his where he had to bench Mark Shafley, Kyle Connor and Nino Niederreiter uh and and a couple of days later you know he, he talked about they had to to work harder as a coaching staff to get their better players to play better uh, i'm sure everybody's aware of the post game comments i believe it was March 28th in San Jose uh, where he said, we have some players who think they're emptying the tank. They're dreaming. They're kidding themselves. Now, he walked back those comments a couple of days later. There's no way he can walk these comments back. And to answer your question, I think Rick Bonus is going to be the head coach of this hockey club and going forward. But I don't think some of the, uh, the go-to guys, the drivers, however you want to uh, describe them, are going to be uh, part of the mix. And, and Reed, uh, I know it's a commonplace for coaches to protect their players, and Rick Bonus, to a certain degree, has done that. But he could do no more after watching what he watched last night in a do-or-die hockey game. Well, you have given us our first uh, big storyline to watch in the offseason, even as the... <laughs> First round continues, and uh, we'll we'll move on here through the playoffs. Kelly, thanks so much for doing this. I, I, I hey, I love having you on the show. Obviously, your colleague Jamie Thomas jo joined us a lot through the season as well. So I really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, have fun. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting tomorrow morning. Uh, for clean out the dressing room day, reader. When uh, I, I will want to hear the responses of the drivers on the Winnipeg Jets to what their coach had to say. And man, I hope there's some accountability. Uh, if there isn't, well, then that will just kind of fuel what the head coach shared with the rest of us. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Kelly. Kelly Moore, Winnipeg Jets game night host, CJOB in Winnipeg. And as he mentioned, likely some very big changes coming in Winnipeg as uh well, if Rick Bonus is back as the coach, he's probably not going to want to coach those guys that he criticized after the loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. Blue Jays are playing tonight as well. 3-2 lead on the Mariners. That's in the bottom of the seventh. Keeping an eye on the Panthers-Bruins game. It is 1-0 for the Panthers. Pardon me, 3-2 for the Panthers. Late in the second period, Boston is about to go on the power play. All right, we got a special guest in studio from the Edmonton Elks coming up. And when we get back, oh my goodness, I know you want to hear it. It is Name the Animal on Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. The second period ends in sunrise. Panthers leading the Bruins 3-2 in game six. The Hurricanes have tied it 
1-1. Canes and Islanders, 948 left in the third. 780-496-0063. Before we get to my all-time favorite segment on the show, mm. Kellen, what do we have coming in? Uh, our old buddy Matt in a culvert texts in tonight. <laughs> and it's asks, nice and warm in the culvert yeah, this weekend. It will be, yes. Yeah, so it'll be boiling in the culvert for sure. Um, he asks, is the 8 o'clock puck, str- uh, puck drop firm, or are we looking at closer to 8.15 or 8.20? No, I think, it's, I, I think it's actually going to be 8.20 by the time they drop the puck. Right. Yes, but 6 o'clock face-off show here on Chet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Nick also texts in and says, it's Nick, Yamo often fumbles the puck, needs to corral the puck better. Yeah, there's sometimes there's chances that die on his stick for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, I think he works hard. I think he knows what he has to do. You'd like more production. Um you know, he can, he can chip in in other areas. I think he's an intelligent player. But, yeah, no, f- fair comments. But like I said, the team's the team's doing well. So, And other guys have been able to, to hit the score sheet that, uh, well, even a couple guys maybe you didn't sp- expect as often as they have. But, yeah, I think that's a fair comment about Yamamoto for sure. Okay, do you want to do uh, our world-famous segment, Kellen, the thing that keeps me going? Are you ready to play the game? Here it is. Okay, so this is Name the Animal. We've been doing this for quite a while now. We, I, we at least two years here at Inside Sports. So here's the deal. Kellen Kennedy has, this afternoon, Kellen went to the 630 Chet Animal Sanctuary, which is adjacent to our broadcasting compound, and he has either wrangled an animal and brought it in the, into the control room, room with him, or, or depending on the size and demeanor of the animal, he recorded the animal's sound. And in about a minute or so here, Kellen will either play that recording or prompt the animal in person to make it sound into a microphone. I will then try, based on that, to name the animal. Now, this is you as the listener are welcome to participate. You can call in, text in, message me, make your own guess, but there is no prizing here. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only. I have I got walrus first try. Yep. I got I think I got mosquito first try. Mm-hmm. There's a couple others I've done okay with. Uh I think one of my best ones was when you played a dog, but then you had me name the breed of the dog, and I think I got Beagle on the second or third try. That's right, yeah. Because there's hundreds of dog breeds. Mm -hmm. So sometimes this takes a while. (laughs) Again, for educational and entertainment purposes only, or perhaps porpoises only, depending on what animal you picked, Kellen. Mm. (laughs) He's he's not giving anything away. All right, so our world-famous... Award-winning segment, Name the Animal. All right, listen closely. Well, it sounds like there's more than one animal there. Okay, now here's the thing. And for people who have heard this regularly, first of all, thank you for bearing with it. (laughs) Second of all, I often think usually incorrectly, that it's some sort of a bird. So are you going to go with bird? Uh, but I am going to trust my instincts and because that sounded bird-like to me. Yes. And I'm going to say that that is a penguin. It is not a penguin, but you are on the right track with bird. Okay, but it is a bird. This. Let's play it again. <laughs> so there's a couple different sounds in there, but that's the same animal. That's right. See? It is. Here's a hint for you. It is a flock of the same animal. Uh, well, it's a seagull then. No. We gave it away. Oh, it's not. Isn't it arts? Or was that a band? Flock that was a, of seagulls. That was a band with crazy hair. Well, is it that? <laughs> okay. 
Well, I don't know if a flock helps me. I think of all birds as a flock. Uh, are they crows? No. Oh, that would be a murder of crows. That's what they were called. Uh, is it ravens? No. Uh, is it chickens? No. Turkeys? No. So see, now I'm just randomly guessing birds. All right. Is it? Uh, is it in? Would you find one in Edmonton? Uh, at one particular location. West Edmonton Mall? Let me guess. Uh, they used to be at West <laughs> Edmonton Mall. Is it a peacock? No, it is not. Oh, okay, well, what else did they have? A partridge? No. Didn't they have the big peacock in West Edmonton Mall in Phase 2? Uh, I think so, yeah. We'd have to talk with our buddy Matt. They used to West be at West Edmonton Mall. Edmonton Mall. <laughs> well, they, I, they, they, they had penguins at West Edmonton Mall, but it's not penguins. Okay, we gotta, we're getting into the last, how, how long do we have? A couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, is it, uh, is it larger than, I don't know what small birds are like, or is it larger than a regular chicken? Yeah, oh, yeah, big time. Taller, too. Oh, it's an ostrich. Uh, smaller. Think smaller. Flamingo. That's it. It's a flamingo. Oh, they did have the flamingos at West Ham tomorrow. Yes. Now, you see, here's the, and this is what I like about Name the Animal. Even though I thought that was a bird, if you asked me what does a, to guess what a flamingo sounded like, I would have not thought they sounded like that. That's right. All right. Well, again, I, I think that was educational and hopefully also entertaining. <laughs> Where were the flamingos at West Edmonton Mall again? Uh, were they not in the same lake uh, district as the boat? There? By the Santa Maria? Yeah. They maybe. had flamingos down there? May, I, I, like I said, that's a that's a mad at West Edmonton Mall type question. Well, I, and I hardly ever go to West Edmonton Mall anymore, <laughs> so I'm not sure I would really know. I remember they had the big peacock, right? Because sometimes it's it's the males that have the plumage, is it not? Uh, yes. They unveil their big... Yeah, the, the big The massive... Uh, the massive p- tail plumage. So, mm-hmm. Like people, somebody who actually knows something about birds is horrified right now. That's not what you call it. Use the proper terminology. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I hopefully some people were trying to name the animal as we're doing that. We got a very special guest in studio. He just had to sit through name the animal, so now he gets to be on the air. He is from your Edmonton Elks. Receiver Gavin Cobb is going to join us. Fourth round pick last year. Had a really tough season getting through an injury. Now he's ready to rock and roll again. He's going to tell us his story. Talk about the season ahead. That's coming up inside sports on Chet. 